0: This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia.
1: 2NURFM 103.7, it's time to talk travel. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King. And I'm Jane Klein. Sally Lucas is with us. And Sally, you've got a really interesting part of the world to tell us about today, somewhere you've experienced recently. It
0: is somewhere I've experienced recently, Jane. Uh, I've just come back from Hong Kong, squeezing it in between radio shows and having six days up there, which was great. Um, The weather was fantastic, by the way, if anyone's planning on travelling around this time of the year. um, It had rained right up until the weekend, and we arrived on the Monday, and um, we just had beautiful weather every day. Um,
1: Is that unusual for Hong Kong? Well,
0: you get a lot of fog and smog still there, which was... You know, I guess I was surprised by, but I guess we shouldn't be also because with China developing the way it is, it all flows down, obviously, from China. So they're going to suffer from that unless they get a big wind coming from the right direction that'll, that'll clear the air for them. Um, so you do have haze quite frequently there. But um, I was there oh, about this time many years ago. I haven't been there, would you believe, in like about 23, 4 years. So I was really with my eyes open because obviously there's been a lot of changes since it's become part of China again now. And
1: it was a British territory in those That's days. A-
0: absolutely right um, and the good thing about Hong Kong uh, even then and now was the British laid it out very nicely so it's a very easy place to get around. Um, you know there's square blocks, it's not complicated so it's easy to find your way around Hong Kong. Um, but you know, I said about the weather, yes we had clear skies virtually every day and temperatures sort of round, hovering around the mid 20s, so it was pleasant, you know, for walking, you didn't get too hot, it was around the 24, 25s, and the nighttime temperature didn't drop quite as low as it does here, so it was pleasant at night as well. So it was, it was a fantastic time of the year to go, but oh my gosh, hasn't it changed? I mean, the old days when you came into Kai Tak Airport and you waved at the people having dinner as you came in and into that runway that went into the harbour, which was an amazing experience in itself. But now you come, of course, way out at Lantau Island, but the infrastructure that has gone in there, you know, wish we could send all our Urban Transit Authority people over there and see what you can do with transport. I mean,
1: it is amazing. So, so how do you get from the airport, Well, it?
0: a number of different ways, but basically, um, obviously, a taxi. And just to let people know, you can get a taxi, but when you go, there's a nice little information bureau at the front and you can get um, a staff member there to write the name of the hotel down for you in Chinese. The reason I'm suggesting this because of the influx of Chinese people now coming into Hong Kong and living there, surprisingly, there's not as much English spoken as there was 23 years ago. So you do find a lot of the taxi drivers and a lot of the people don't have a very good grasp of English. So always just do that. We always suggest that in you know other countries where you don't speak the language, that it's always wise to have the name of your hotel or something important you want written down in the local language, so you're never going to get stuck or lost or whatever. So you can do that in a taxi because of the tolls. Because they've been built this incredible you know system to get out to Lantau Island, you know they've just dug through mountains where they need to and dug under and. You know, it's just amazing. Um, So that would cost you probably about $60 for a taxi, roughly. But if there were, say, three of you, it's probably worth it. If you got the train in, which is an extremely efficient airport express system, that takes you into – it actually goes via Kowloon first from land, and then it goes under the harbour across to Hong Kong Island, and it terminates at Hong Kong Central. But they do run a free shuttle bus service from Hong Kong Central then to the hotels on Hong Kong Island. And that runs about every, I think, 20 to 30 minutes once you hop off the train. Um, the train would cost you about, I think it was about 200-odd Hong Kong dollars. And that's about 5.5 at the moment is the current rate.
1: So around $40. Yeah, mm.
0: so a little bit cheaper. Mm. Um, but it's quite a distance, but it's a very fast train, as I said, and it only still takes about 25 minutes. Um, also, linking the islands out there now from Land Tower, that's got the longest suspension bridge in the world, which, again, is quite amazing. But all their transport systems just work so efficiently. Um, you look at our Sydney Harbour and how many times are we pranging ferries or colliding or, oh, they're too old, we've got to get rid of them. The Star Ferry still operates, and it's still the same old ferry, you know. It just chugs along, and so... Uh, we use that every day to go to and fro from Kowloon to, you know, to the island because the train goes under, so you're not seeing anything, but to experience, you know, all the things that happen on a harbour, and it's only a, a quick crossing, it's not probably double the distance of the Stockton Ferry or something like that, you know, so it's not a not a big crossing at all. Um, but everything runs well, they've kept their trams, you know, we got rid of them, you know. So you've got double-decker trams running on the island for only two Hong Kong dollars, and you can go any, hop on and off at... You know, then there's bus services, which are, and then they've got light bus. Um, and there's a major bus station was adjacent to the main central railway station. So everything just works. You know, um, the main thing about Hong Kong Island now is it's a system of sky bridges, which is amazing to keep people off the road, the pedestrians to try and get a better traffic flow. So you walk off and you go up a bridge and you go via you know any building but they're using buildings and they're connecting you by these sky bridges to get you to where you need to go so you're not having to wander amongst all the traffic which is quite heavy now there's a lot more cars on the road than there were 23 years ago so i guess i'm basically just covering transport at the moment but um we'll come back and tell you how much hong kong island has changed because i just couldn't get over the changes and it it was exciting and lots of exciting things to do there now
1: we're talking travel on 2NURFM 103.7. Sally Lucas, we're in Hong Kong. We've got there. We've travelled there. We certainly we've have. We've travelled around there. And now, what have you noticed? What's extra different about Hong well, Kong? Well,
0: I guess the island, which is where we stayed, rather than the Kowloon Peninsula, which is attached to the mainland. Having said that, Victoria, Hong Kong Island is the capital of that Hong Kong area, um, the island now has divided itself, I guess, into three areas. It was always called the business district of Hong Kong, whereas Kowloon was the shopping side, which it still is. And Kowloon has extended a bit further now. It's got a couple of other areas called Yamaate and Mong Kok. And this is where a lot of the markets are, like the temple markets, the jade markets, the ladies' markets and so on. So you can go out there to do all your market-style shopping. On the island, you've got the Stanley markets, which have been there forever, and they've all improved now and they've built lovely facilities, lots of lovely waterfront restaurants. You can get the bus there, which we did, you know, for next to nothing. And the markets there are still quite good value for money. But you can tell the downturn in the economy everywhere. Even people there were saying that their businesses are suffering. People aren't spending. And even at the markets, we noticed people were just looking most of the time. You didn't see anyone walk out with a bag full of goodies. So it, this worldwide economy depression is, is definitely worldwide when you look at somewhere as busy as Hong Kong. The third is to die for. You've got everything from Michelin-starred French restaurants, Cantonese, Sichuanese down to having beautiful yum cha dim sum lunches you can spend as little or as much as you like on food but it's all fantastic the areas in Hong Kong Island you've got Causeway Bay which was originally only set up as a typhoon shelter for vessels but now it's grown into this amazing shopping area with Fabulous restaurants. The old Suzy Wong area of Wan Chai, which is where I stayed, is also developed now to have a lot more bars and restaurants, etc. Then you go down further near Central, and there's an area called La, Lan Kwai Fong. This is where they've built the mid levels escalator to get people up the hill because it's a very steep hill, the peak on, on Hong Kong Island. And this is amazing. So here's this travelator that you hop on that goes for ages, and you can just keep hopping on and off where you come to a street, it levels out, then it goes up, then it levels out. And there's all these bars and restaurants and nightlife it's just all buzz it's absolutely amazing so i just couldn't get over the development of, that has happened in hong kong island um on the other side on the kowloon side they've reclaimed a lot of land as well and simsar shui is the main area and then it's they've developed Sha shui east so they've developed all along there with extra shopping areas as well now and there's still changes happening there all the time it, it's, it's really a buzz with change from the island, though, it's great because then you can get your ferries to a lot of the outlying islands, which you must do when you're on Hong Kong. Don't think of it as just a shopping paradise. You've got lots of lovely outlying islands with fabulous walks you can do. Like on Lama, you can walk two hours from one village to the other and then have a lovely seafood lunch and get a ferry to and fro. Um, the same with Chau. It's a walking island only with temples and they have festivals and things there. Plus, you get across to Macau, which we did for a night, and Macau, my God, had that changed as well. It's um, really got a lot more modern buildings, and there weren't that many big hotels when I was there, but that's developed. But they've still retained the old area of the Portuguese area with the cobblestone streets and the little shops, quaint little shops, etc. So it's still worth a visit for a day as well. Plus, if people want to go to the races, you can go a Wednesday night. They have night racing at Happy Valley, and that's quite an entertaining day of f- night or fun, if you can call it that. For the kids, there's the Ocean Park on Hong Kong Island, which is a fabulous water park, etc. Um, the old Repulse Bay Hotel at Repulse Bay, which is famous, like Raffles is to Singapore, the Repulse Bay is there, plus the famous Peninsula Hotel on the Kowloon side as well. You might be able to afford to stay there. They either pick you up in a Bentley or a Rolls or something, but then you can always go there for, for Tiff. Or tea and they have usually a pianist or a violinist or cellist playing of an afternoon, you could just go for high tea so Hong Kong has a lot to offer it really has, for the naturist you can go out to lots of other outlying islands and kayak, Um, people don't think of this, they just think of Hong Kong as that one bustling city. But it's a group of islands and it's very diverse in its culture. They have a strong emphasis on culture as well, fabulous museums, cultural centres, plus, of course, you've got your array of Chinese temples to visit as well. So you've really got a potpourri of of old and new. And um, we really enjoyed our six days there. And we said, like, sometimes, would you go back? Um, Some places you say, oh, yeah, it was okay, but I don't think I'd rush back. But if I was going to Europe or somewhere um, via Hong Kong... I would definitely stop off and have another few days because we just didn't cover anywhere near the amount of things we thought we'd, we would cover in that space of time.
1: Now tell me, if you come back speaking more of the language?
0: No. <laughs> would <laughs> it be an advantage? Um, I guess it's a very hard language to learn, but yes, um, we found it quite unusual. Like even on Macau, the taxi driver, we went going to the Sofitel, and you'd think they'd teach their taxi drivers the names of... Just the important hotels because it's obviously a lot of tourists come across to Macau. But he didn't know. He had to radio in and get me to speak to the girl on his other end of the radio. He didn't understand a word of English.
1: A notepad with a few few names written down Mm
0: -hmm. in Chinese would definitely not go astray.
1: But a wonderful experience. But it
0: still was a wonderful experience, Yeah.
1: And we'll be back next week after the uh, 1 o'clock news on Friday. Talking Travel. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. I'm Jane Klein. We are on to a new RFM 103.7.